Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to this overdue new car special. Today, we are diving into an EV and an EV that is related to the Porsche Taycan. Yep, we are diving into the 2022 Audi e-tron GT. And it's, perform it's electrifying performance from $99,900. Let's get into it. Audi has just shown off their latest addition to a growing range of electric-only models, a sleek four-door performance sedan with a low roof line and coupe-like lines. Well, line and line, okay. The e-tron GT is undoubtedly one of the most striking Audi designs we've seen in years and sits towards the top of the luxury car maker's model hierarchy, both in terms of pricing and new tech. With the e-tron GT, Audi aims to balance everyday usability, everyday usability with sports performance as the brand aims to offer a prime competitor to both the Tesla Model S and the Porsche Taycan, which it's based on. It sits on the, it sits on the VW Group's high-end J1 performance platform designed by Porsche, see, with the e-tron GT sharing its building blocks with the Taycan, see? British Leyland-style infighting. <laughs> Available in two models, regular and extreme performance RS in the US from launch, it's one of the it's one of Audi's most powerful production cars. All models feature a dual motor all-electric setup with a two-speed transmission to aid performance. It incorporates Audi's new 800 volt electrical architecture, which allows even faster charging speeds, while the 86 kilowatt hour battery is good for 298 miles or 488 kilometers, predicted by the WLTP range in European spec. Audi's presentation focused on the e-tron GT's duality, emphasizing their intention to provide a blend of luxury with a sporty driving experience, as well as an increased refocusing on sustainability. Particular attention has been applied to the suspension and steering settings to ensure that they provide the adaptability for both, while the car features some interesting quirks in the shape of ethical material choices. As the name implies, the e-tron GT was designed as a cross-continent traveler for most, despite the range not being great for that, but whatever. Practicality is something Audi repeatedly highlighted in their presentation. Despite the low, sweeping roofline, Audi claims the e-tron GT can seat four in comfort with ample headroom. I doubt that, but we'll, you know, we'll wait and see, we'll wait and see. Meanwhile, there's a 405-liter trunk with an added 85 liters up front in the front. The exterior design incorporates large wheels, a, lar a long wheelbase, and a relatively squat and flat stance to give the hunkered down e-tron e GT a sporty appearance. The pronounced rear haunches are referred to as quattro blisters, interesting name, while the rear includes a new light design with a customary signature, with, sorry, with the customary signature animations. The Audi e-tron GT features the option of leather-free interiors, as well as the ability to specify seats that have been sustainably produced with recycled pet bottles. As a team, we created a Gran Turismo that combines performance and comfort, says Marcus Dosh, hopefully I got that name right, member of the team responsible for the interior design on the e-tron GT. It's a car that shows the term luxury is changing in the area of electric mobility and is formed by sustainability and efficiency. To achieve Audi's goal of creating a sports car-like experience, the seating position is kept low, with a cutout battery and flat battery floor combining to lower the cabin. The central screen is angled towards the driver, while the lightweight design philosophy influences the central console and dashboard to create a spacious feeling. Audi claims that the e-tron GT's exterior design has been greatly influenced by the synergy created between the designers and the aerodynamicists. 
In the case of the e-tron GT, we started 38 months before the start of production on aerodynamics and aeroacoustics, says Amani Islam, hopefully I got the name right, head of head of development aerodynamics and aeroacoustics. Audi claims that the e-tron GT achieves one of the lowest drag coefficients in their model history with a figure of 0.24. Features such as functional air curtains help channel air around the aero wheels at the front, a flat floor, and rear diffuser help reduce lift. Meanwhile, active aero, such as the inlets, rear spoiler, and suspension, what active aero is in the suspension, combined to add an estimated three, combined to add an estimated 30 kilometers, nearly 20 miles, to the average range of the e-tron GT. Another area in which Audi says they've applied particular focus to is applied particular focus to is aeroacoustics. What a just what a weird term. With multiple hours spent in the wind tunnel, Audi claims to have achieved an outcome that matches the A7. Impressive. The entry-level Audi e-tron GT Quattro has a combined power output of 476 PS or 476 horsepower, 350 kilowatts, and 630 newton meters or 464.7 pound-feet of torque. While the RS e-tron GT has a higher output, producing a total, producing a total figure of 598 PS or 589 horsepower, 440 kilowatts, and 830 newton meters or 612.2 pound-feet of torque. Audi said that these power outputs are, are rated for European models. In North America, the GT is rated for 469 horsepower SAE and 464 pound-feet of peak torque, 552 horsepower SAE or 472 pound-feet of torque with overboost, and the RS at 590 horsepower SAE and 612 pound-feet of torque, 637 horsepower SAE and same torque with overboost. Both the e-tron GT Quattro and the RS e-tron GT feature a twin-motor setup with one motor for each axle. The 175-kilowatt-hour front motor is shared across the two, whereas the rear, rear motor's output is higher for the RS, 335-kilowatt-hours versus the Quattro's 320-kilowatt-hours. Both configurations have a two-speed gearbox allowing, the, allowing those lightning-fast getaways. You're also provided with a 2.5-second overboost function. In European specification, with overboost engaged, the RS e-tron can do the 0-60 mph sprint in 3.1 seconds, or 0-100 km per hour in 3.3 seconds, while topping out at a limited 155 mph or 255 km per The base Quattro gets to, zero, gets to 60 mph in 3.9 seconds, on the way to a top speed of 152 mph or 245 km per hour. As with the Taycan, the e-tron GT focuses on the repeatability aspect of its performance claims. An effective thermal management system allows for several foot-to-the-floor standing starts within short succession. Audi says it spent a lot of time composing a unique sound for the GT, with the optional, depending on the market, kit comprising of two control units and amplifiers in the luggage compartment. According to Audi, they generate a separate exterior and interior sound, which is output by two, by two loudspeakers, each outside and inside the vehicle. Data about the rotational speed of the electric motors, the load, the vehicle speed, and other parameters serves as the basis for the digital sound, a synthetic sound that offers an authentic and finely nuanced impression of the work performed by the drive system. Yeah, we'll see about that. The driver can modulate the sound emitted through the Audi Drive Select that offers an efficiency profile that only activates the mandatory alerts, a comfort profile with a fuller sound, and the dynamic profile that is a sporty, voluminous, and high quality, which adds the interior system as well. Throughout Audi's presentation, the system and steering systems were highlighted, with a focus on providing what Audi describes as a dynamic drive, while always remaining, remaining confident and relaxed no matter how much strain is put on it. The suspension itself is a double wishbone setup with extensive use of aluminum in the components. 
the e-tron gt employs an electromechanical steering system which aims to avoid being abrupt but maintains a sporty and direct feel the rs model gets adaptive suspension as standard while it remains optional on the e-tron gt quattro the three-chamber air suspension system works in conjunction with, with electronic dampers and can be adjusted to lower or raise the car depend, dependent on the situation. The control dampers, which are standard across the range, also work in tandem with the Audi Drive Select dynamic handling system with four modes to choose from, comfort, efficiency, dynamic, and individual. The air suspension dampers electric motors, two-speed transmission, and controlled rear axle differential lock come together to offer different driving characteristics as would be expected. The e-tron GT is also available with an optional all-wheel all steering system which turns the rear wheels in the opposite direction at low speeds and in the same direction at speeds over 31 miles per hour or 50 kilometers per hour. The e-tron GT comes standard with a locking mechanical differential while a controlled rear axle differential lock is available as an option and is standard in the RS e-tron GT. In addition, the e-tron GT's flat bottom battery architecture means that the battery has been placed even lower in the car for a center of gravity that supposedly betters even the Audi R8 supercar. Doesn't better the weight though. The lithium-ion battery is the same across both the RS and Quattro models of the e-tron GT. It's an 86 kilowatt hour or 93 kilowatt hour gross battery that, that integrates 33 cell modules, each of them comprising of 12 cells. 30 modules form the lower level that features a wide recess in the rear section, creating space for the passenger's feet. This layout also contributes to the very low center of gravity. As with the Porsche Taycan, thanks to the new 800-volt electrical architecture, the e-tron GT allows charging at the, at the industry benchmark 270 kilowatt, kilowatt using DC fast chargers. This allows it to replenish its battery from 5 to 80% in just 22.5 minutes, among the quickest charging rates currently available of any EV. This allows it to recharge energy, this allows it to recharge energy for up to 62.1 miles or 100 kilometers in just over 5 minutes. That is getting with the program. In the U.S., preliminary manufacturers' estim estimated ranges based on approximation of EPA test cycles for a full charge are 238 miles or 383 kilometers for the e-tron GT and 232 miles or 373 kilometers for the RS e-tron GT. Audi said the EPA estimates not yet available at this time. The e-tron GT features two charging ports on either side located on the fenders behind the front wheels. Both charge ports allow for AC charging, while the passenger side supports DC fast charging. For home charging, the e-tron GT can be juiced up with 11 kilowatt AC as standard, which allows it to recharge an empty battery overnight. An optional 22 kilowatt charger for home use will be offered as well. The Audi e-tron GT has the dimensions of a classic Gran Turismo, with a wheelbase of 2.90 meters or 9.5 feet. Why are you using such weird measurements here? Like, the meters is fine. Well, actually, the meters is weird, and so is the feet. It should be millimeters and it should be millimeters and inches. It measures 4.99 meters or 16.4 feet in length. See what I mean? 1.96 meters or 6.4 feet in width, and maintains that coupe-like roofline with a height of just 1.41 meters or 4.6 feet. The luggage compartment provides a volume of 405 liters or 14.3 cubic feet, and a second luggage compartment below the front hood offers a further 81 liters or 2.9 cubic feet of space. Set to, go, set to go on sale in the USA this summer, the summer of 2021, it's already on sale now, the Audi e-tron GT will be offered in three grades, the GT Quattro Premium, the, the, Quattro, the GT Quattro Premium Plus, that's a longer name than I was expecting, from $99,900, the GT Quattro Prestige from $107,100, 
and the RSGT from $139,900 with all prices excluding destination and taxes. However, Audi says that the GT models may qualify for up to $7,500 in federal incentives. Production will take place at the Audi Bollinger Hofe at Neckersle, some plant in Germany, okay? In its home market, pricing will start at €99,800 for the Quattro and €138,200 for the RS. Audi expects strong U.S. sales, with 50% of total cars produced destined to be purchased by U.S. consumers. Europe and the U.K. will be two more markets of interest for the e-tron GT, with strong sales of Audi e-tron propelling optimism. Next, we have another we have another article actually about the Audi e-tron, and this one I think is a little more interesting. Anyone who purchases a new 2022 Audi e-tron GT or RS e-tron GT in the U.S. will receive three years of free charging. Audi has confirmed that customers will receive three years of complimentary, complimentary DC fast charging through the Electrify America charging network. Electrify America charges will allow e-tron GT and RS e-tron GT owners to make the most of the EV's maximum 270 kilowatts, kilowatt charging speed that can add roughly 180 miles or 290 kilometers of range in just 22 minutes. There will be approximately 3,500 Electrify America charging stations across the United States by the end of 2021. As a growing number of electric vehicles hit the market, car manufacturers have been looking at different ways to encourage shoppers to make the switch from combustion engines. Offering free fast charging is proving to be one of the, one of the most popular incentives offered for, e, for buyers of new EVs. Audi has also announced that it has partnered with sustainable infrastructure provider Quermet, weird name, to provide at-home charging solutions. Customers can choose to use the 2-in-1 mobile charger that comes standard with the vehicle and offers both 120-volt and 240-volt connections. They can also opt to have an Electrify America home station installed that is Wi-Fi capable and offers 9.6 kilowatts of charging power. As a reminder, the twin electric motors of the e-tron GT combined to... Okay, we already talked about all of that stuff, so scoop. And lastly, we have the Audi e-tron going on sale in Europe, which it already has, but whatever. The first units of the e-tron GT and RS e-tron GT have made their way to Audi's dealers in Europe. The executive electric sedan is available in all 27 European Union markets and in the United Kingdom. In Germany, prices start at €99,800, equal to $120,220 for the e-tron GT model, and €138,200, or $166,475 for the RS e-tron GT. Both cars feature a two-motor setup, one on each axle, producing a total output of 476... Okay, we already know all the horsepower stuff, so we're, we're just going to skip that a little bit. A 2021 RS e-tron GT is offered with an adaptive three-chamber air suspension, rear electronic differential lock, and upgraded brakes as standard. These features are also available for the regular model, and both models can be, can be ordered with optional matrix LED headlights with Audi laser light, 21-inch wheels, all-wheel steering, and seats wrapped in a green upholstery made of recycled materials. Coinciding with the, launch, with the launch of its electric sedan, Audi has also released its new Future is an Attitude global marketing campaign. The clip features actor and producer Tom Hardy, who is also an ambassador of the brand. The automaker states that the video was produced using innovative technology that renders virtual environments in real time, thereby enabling a more sustainable method of production. Despite the fact that all the electricity used to create that virtual environment, more likely than not, was not made sustainably. <sighs> Hard stats out of the way. Let's talk about the looks. And I think the the most basic thing I can say about it, frankly, is that it looks like an Audi Tycon. So it's got an Audi face. It's got a, it's got a few Audi character lines here and there. Like it's not 
it's not just a Taycan. They've actually done a pretty good job making it look more like an Audi than a Porsche. But I think some of the some of the core, I want to say hard points, are still there. So the roof line does look a little bit reminiscent of the Taycan. It does look a little reminiscent of that car. The front end doesn't look like a Porsche, but I don't know. I think the general proportions do still look pretty Taycan. It's like, take the proportions of a Taycan and then try to fit like Audi A7 design language on top. That's pretty much your e-tron GT. So it's got a very Audi face with a wide grille, even though it's fake. It has Audi headlights. It's got Audi vertical vertical vents at the very sides of the front bumper. It's all very Audi fit on Porsche Taycan proportions. And honestly, I think it looks good. Having said that, I don't massively care for it because it's an electric car. I don't, I don't feel massively positively. There's a few that, there's a few that I feel quite positively about, like the Rimac Nevera. That one I really like. This, eh, I think I'd have the Taycan over this, but it does still look okay. It does look good. Audi did a good job translating their design language onto Taycan proportions. I think that's the kindest thing I can say about it. I say the kindest. I could say kinder things, but. That's the truest thing to how I feel about it. That is the truest thing I can say about it. So, base, I'll give it 6.9. It's okay. Maybe a 7. We'll give it a solid 7. Looks good. Is attractive. It's an Audi Taycan. That's pretty good. If we go to, can I, let's see, can I find a rear shot? Yeah, it does. The only thing, someone had mentioned the front overhang, and I think that's going to be the one thing I hate about it. If we look at the rear, once again, Audi-like design language, although I think it's a bit more sensual than most Audis tend to be. It's got a it's got a sexiness akin to the R8, which is a very good thing. Very good thing. It's it is a very sporty looking Audi. It's like imagine an Audi RS5 sportback with a sportier roof line. And that's pretty much what you have here and without it looking a bit like a hatchback. So yeah. Looks really good actually. I like the taillights. I like the rear bumper. I like the rear haunch they've added. The rear rear kind of character line. They've given the car some nice hips there. The only thing I perhaps dislike about it is the normal surface where the rear rear wheel arches and then above that where the, again, where the rear kind of shoulder, the rear haunches. They've added a character line to exaggerate it, to make the rear haunch look more pronounced. So they've added a character, character line to exaggerate it because if they didn't do that, the rear end would look a lot flatter. And as much as I like the exaggeration because it makes the car look a little more stout, look a little wider. It gives the car a little bit more form. What I dislike about it is how, oh, what's the word? What I dislike about it is how extreme, for lack of a better word right now, how extreme it is. It breaks up the normal form of the car would make the rear haunch less pronounced. So they've added a character line to make it more pronounced. And the problem for me is that, oh, it's not, it's not, cohesive enough also i've just seen the e-tron next to an r8 and that's that's really interesting actually okay anyway anyway yeah so my thing is that character line that character line behind the rear actually it's in in the middle of the rear door going towards the rear bumper you know just where the not rear fender but yeah well above the rear wheel arch the surfaces kind of clash there because you have a much less pronounced let me find a photo here because i just lost it so you have a much less pronounced form above the rear wheel arch because it does kind of protrude just a little bit, but in a, not in a Dodge Challenger wide body way, in a built into the body kind of a way, in a Gen 5 Viper sort of way. And again, then you have this, this crease that exaggerates the rear haunch. And as a, and to belabor a point, 
it's a weird break in the surfacing of the body. And I don't, I don't really like it. I wish they had made it a little less pronounced so that it didn't break up the body as much. It's just, it's really, really strange looking to me. Still looks good. Now, now I have to say this. The nice thing is that they do have a very similar character line above the front, above the front wheel arch for the front fender. Oh, I'm all, okay. Interior, interior, random exterior. Yeah, I've gone too far. And is that Tom Hardy? No, it's not. Yeah, so it's not like the lines don't, it's not like the lines aren't continued where there's a separate line and it's a mishmash. It's not like a C8 Corvette. I just think it's a little, it's a little overstyled. No, 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 not even overstyled, not even overstyled. That's, that's the wrong word. It's, it's too exaggerated. It really is just too exaggerated, especially in this photo I'm looking at here. There would have been a rear haunch anyway, based on the lighting, based on the shadows. But they added another one near the base of the greenhouse to make the car look more athletic, make it look more dynamic. And as much as it does do that, my issue is that it, that's the word, it clutters the body lines in this area. It's a bit cluttered. There's a little too much going on. It should have been a bit more fluid. At the front, I like it. At the front, I like it because the protrusion of the front fender isn't that massive. But at the rear, it's more noticeable. And it's very rounded, as it would be because, you know, round fender. But it's almost as if the track width of the Porsche Taycan kind of messed up, kind of messed up how Audi wanted to design the e-tron because of how wide, again, because of how wide the track width is. So to add the typical Audi creases, they had to, they had to, unfortunately, God, I'm just forgetting words left and right, but they had, hmm. In order to make the Tycon proportions fit to an Audi design language, again, with, the cre with all the creases they've been doing as of late, they had to just throw it onto the body and hope for the best. That's, that's really what they had to do to me. And so from some angles, it kind of works. And from other angles where you can see more where the shadows hit different angles, where, the sh where there's different shadows for that crease, it doesn't work as well. It's almost like, you know how the BMW i8 has that almost floating B pillar and you have that little hole, that little hole right, right where the canopy is and it goes into the headlight. Sort of like how the Ferrari F12 has those open sections where the front fender is to channel air along the body. It's almost as if Audi wanted to do that with the rear haunches just because from this angle anyway of how, how much, how much overhang there is for that one piece of, for that one piece of character line. It's almost like they wanted to channel the air in between the normal wheel arch haunch and then the added wheel arch haunch that they did that they did to make it look more like an Audi maybe it's just that angle but yeah so overall I'd probably give it a 7.3 looks good it looks really good I just think it the rear looks a little bit it clashes too much the the normal rear haunch should have been given more room to breathe rather than forcing it to contort so they could so they could have this kind of stout shoulder look that some Audis tend to have. So it is what it is. But that's enough belaboring over that and just saying things in the most unintelligent way possible. Let's go to the interior and surprise, surprise, it looks like an Audi interior. It looks like an Audi A7 interior. Well, I say that, I don't remember what I don't remember what the current A7 interior looks like, but it looks like it could be an A7 interior. Maybe more of like a sporty A6, because again, they've they've angled the touchscreen towards the driver to give it a, a sportier feel. So yeah, definitely more of like a RS5 Sportback interior 
given that. It's even got almost like an Audi R... This might be the RS... Yeah, this is the RS model. I was going to say, it's even got an RS-looking steering wheel. It would. This is the RS model. But, yeah, so I like it. I don't think it's all that special, save for the carbon fiber... For the carbon fiber insert that they've added in the middle of the dash structure there. Let's see. Any other interior shots? I want to see if there's anything else. Oh, we have a, we have a cutaway. Not much of a cutaway. Oh, yep. So we have a normal... We have a normal e-tron there. Yeah. So it's pretty, I think it's pretty standard Audi for the most part. I don't remember what the Tycon interior looks like, but knowing what Porsche interior, modern Porsche, Porsche interiors are like, this is definitely a big departure. So if you've wanted a Tycon, but prefer the Audi interior, this is the car for you, basically. I wonder if the two drive all that differently, though. I'll have to read some reviews to see if that's really the case. So we got a few aerodynamic shots, aerodynamic shots, aerodynamic shots, interior, interior, interior. Where's the interior? Okay, we have one there. That's not bad. It's not much, but it's not bad. I'll tell you what, though. The trunk opening I'm seeing is tiny. I was expecting it to be more like a liftback where even the rear window comes up. No, no, it's it's pretty small. That's, it's a small opening. It's a wide opening, but, well, I say that the car is wide, but the opening for, for such a wide car actually isn't. So it's not a lift gate type of trunk opening. It's a normal trunk type trunk opening. So think of like Hyundai Sonata type rather than rather than like Audi, no, 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 Hyundai i30 and Fastback type, where again, it's the whole window comes up. Or or Dodge Stealth, Mitsubishi 3000, 3000 GT or GTO. You know how you open that and the whole window comes up or even Gen 3, no. Well, yeah, Gen 3 or 4 Viper coupe version where the whole window comes up. It's not like that. Hell, even Fox Body Mustang. Again, you have the trunk lid and the window and it comes up. Those are liftbacks. All of those are liftbacks. This isn't that. The window doesn't come up. It's literally just the trunk lid that comes up. That, to me, severely hinders how much space you're going to be able to... How, ma how many... Severely hinders how many items you're going to be able to get in the back. Because it doesn't open as much. And then that... You know, that's not even including how steeply raked the windshield is. But, or rear window is. And looking at the dashboard, though, again... I think it's... It's standard... I don't, you know what? No, it's not standard Audi. It's familiar Audi. It is different for the e-tron. Audi didn't just say, oh, we're going to take like an A4 interior and then chuck it into an e-tron. No, no, it is its own interior. It's just if you've been in a modern Audi and you like modern Audi interiors, this will be extremely familiar. Oh, okay. I've just seen the profile shot and okay, that's the overhang they're talking about. Yeah, that's a lot of overhang, but the good thing is that the overhang is balanced front to back. There's nothing, there's little I hate more in the automotive world as far as design goes than a car that has more front overhang than rear overhang or a lot more rear overhang than front overhang. I like it to be balanced because I don't want it to look like, I don't want the car to look nose heavy and like the rear, like it's in Gen Z terms, like it's got no cake. I don't, I hate that. I hate that. I much prefer it to be balanced. And thankfully, though it has a little bit too much front and rear overhang for my liking at the very least, the overhangs are balanced front to rear, so it doesn't draw too much attention to itself from an overhang standpoint from either perspective. But yeah, so the interior I would give, I think I'm going to give it a 7.4, 7.5. It's a very attractive looking interior. We got some speed forms here. That's cool. Yeah, more interior. Where's some interior shots? I'm not really seeing any exterior, 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 exterior. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's the same one we saw earlier. Yeah. So it's a very, it's familiar. If you've been in modern Audis, it's a very familiar interior, but different enough to make it unique, unique to the e-tron, different enough to, I think, 
if you're a fan of Audi interiors, modern Audi interiors, to bring some excitement to those who like modern Audi, modern Audi interior design. Different enough to be its own thing, but familiar enough to not just throw you into the weeds and be like, whoa, I don't even feel like I'm in an Audi product. No, it looks like you're in an Audi product, but that's not a bad thing. So 7.5. In any case, that is going to be it for this episode, though. I hope you all enjoyed. If you did, actually, let me know what you think of the e-tron. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you prefer the Tycon or do you prefer the e-tron? Let me know in the comments below. In any case, I hope you all enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Please make sure you hit the little notification bell, and then all notifications to help you notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have to want the Podbean mobile app, hey, not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Curry's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.